dump. News dump, yay! News dump. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a landslide! It's the final dump, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Welcome to the premiere edition of the final dump presented by Game On Wisconsin. Brendan Dworzynski, Matt Fralick here with you, and we are excited to join you throughout this football season, training camp, regular season, God willing, a deep run in the postseason as well. Every single week as we head into the weekend, talking all about the biggest news and notes from the Green Bay Packers over the past week. And Matt, excited again, our premiere edition, excited to get this thing off the ground. And we could not have possibly started at a better time than right now with everything we've got going on up at 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Unbelievable. The the way it aligned is great. Like we we knew we were going to do our inaugural episode, um, you know, at the end of July and everything that kind of came to fruition, I guess, with our planning worked out and we got a ton to get to. But basically every week we're going to hit you guys with the everything you need to know on Friday morning for getting into the weekend. We, we realize, especially this week, it's been crazy with everything going on with training camp starting to new players coming in, old faces coming back. Rogers contract, press conference, et cetera, et cetera. But we want to give you guys like in a quick format, what you need to know, how you can get dangerous and who you can kind of chat with maybe over, uh, over the weekend when you're talking with the buddies and maybe some friends and you know family that they, they want to know, they want to see if you're an expert and we're going to try to make you guys an expert um, just like us. When you are at the water cooler or you are at the lunch table or whatever on Friday afternoon, you're going to the weekend, pregame, more big news coming up, whatever it might be over the weekend, we're going to be your one-stop shop for that. When you're talking to your coworker who's trying to talk trash about Aaron Rodgers and his situation or whatever, talk about the front office, whatever it might be, we're your go-to source. You're going to know exactly what you need to know heading into a weekend, game weekend, whatever it might be. And Matt, we've got to start right now then, I guess, with the biggest news Aaron Rodgers is, in fact, back, and wow, did he come in guns blazing. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, up until a, literally a week ago, I was like he was going to show up day one for training camp, and I kind of retracted that last weekend, and I wish I would have really rode and just held my guns because I would have been correct like I think a lot of people were. And he's back. He's back in Lambeau, um, back in Green Bay, and he's back with his teammates. And the best thing is, too, he was able actually to have a, a conversation with reporters and beat writers and stuff. And, I, you know, I've had friends of mine and people throughout Packers Twitter who I interact with, like, why didn't he do this sooner? Why couldn't – and I just – I feel like the opportunity wasn't there to do it in a, the right situation. He had – I felt like he had to do it in a, a format that was professional like the Green Bay Packers. People are like, he could have gone on Pat McAfee and done it. It's like – yeah, but people aren't going to take that as like as credible as if he's got, um, you know, the Rob Domovsky's there, the Andy Herman's there, the Tom Pelissero's, where he can actually get grilled by some of these guys he's in contact with all the time that's on the beat. And I think it, it it worked out to his advantage. And I think you saw another side of Aaron Rodgers that many people didn't didn't understand. I think that's that's a specifically great point because, you know, you bring up the Pat McAfee show, and I think people fell so in love with that because you got to see such a personal side of him and really – there aren't many even established superstars that are willing to give you 
that deep of a look into who they are. You know, you think of younger guys like I, for my professional job, I cover the the Kansas City Chiefs. I hear Patrick Mahomes speak three times a week. Patrick Mahomes has never given a deep introspective answer in his albeit brief career to this point. Tom Brady's been around since the dinosaurs and he gives you very, you know, cliche answers, no matter what kind of interview, what kind of press conference he's doing. And I think in a lot of ways, Packers fans are, lucky and, and almost a little spoiled that you can hear from a guy who is so introspective, who is willing to give you thoughtful answers and does it in various mediums, press conference or radio interview, whatever, where he's willing to go beyond just the basic cliches. And this was the, I think the pinnacle of that. This was the peak prime form of getting who Aaron Rodgers is because he did not sugarcoat things. I mean, when he said his relationship with Brian Gutekunst is professional right now, Anyone who's worked in a professional environment knows exactly what that means. And he just didn't hold back. I had texts from friends who said, man, I love this. How can you not be on his side? I love seeing this side of him. And I think over the course of the offseason, I don't know if you noticed this too, it felt like the power dynamic, so to speak, sort of shifted from do anything for Aaron Rodgers, anything, make sure he's back, whatever it takes to, all right, let's figure it out. We're kind of sick of the act here. I think this press conference really brought people back into his corner so we could actually understand truthfully what has been going through his mind. Because I think so many people really haven't been able to connect with that ever since this news started popping up back around the draft. For sure. And like people, we are fortunate to have someone like Aaron Rodgers to be able to just speak out and speak so candidly. And it's it's very rare that you'll have people that go in and to the depths and really open up just like all the dirty laundry he's got going on. And it's it, it's crazy to me because I had some of the same people reaching out, probably, you know, a group of friends or f- uh, family members or whatever it is. And they're like, wow, I didn't expect this from Aaron. Before. And I'm like, well, if you've actually heard him, heard him talk and not give cliche answers, you would know this is kind of how he operates. And the other thing is like, yeah, I get people getting frustrated and stuff. But like there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes going on. We had no idea of like the from draft day till now, or I guess Tuesday, like we had no idea what the hell was going on behind the scenes. And we don't know the conversation that were had when LaFleur was flying out West or Murphy or Goody to, to go see Aaron and, and, and have conversations with them. Um, I would imagine the one with Brian Gutekunst didn't go as great as the one with Matt LaFleur, just based off of like what you're saying. But overall, I kind of expected this from Aaron, to be honest. I was not prepared for him to get into specifics the way he did with certain players and calling out um, the front office for a lot of players that they've gotten rid of, um, that he was great contributors and great pieces, but also he was friendly with, which I think he's a little biased with at some point. But I was I was overjoyed to hear just the details of things that he went into and to his credit like especially over the last three four months there's been so many veteran players that have came out and said the same thing that he's asking for and they're not to the pedigree of Aaron Rodgers like they are the Carson Wentz's of the world they are the the Marlon Max they are the Patrick Mahomes or the Alex Smith maybe even comparison like where it's just like you just give this guy just give this employee of yours that's worked over a decade and a half won you a championship basically played with some scrubs at times and had 500 plus seasons and he's or 500 win plus seasons. And like, he's been injured and everything else. And like, he's sacrificed a lot for you guys. Like give him the decency to have a conversation. That was the part that I, 
it was tough for me to wrap my mind around that people just didn't see that like he deserved it like he's just a football player show up and play football I'm like yep that works all the time but there's usually one two three players on a 52 53 man roster that they get that privilege and everyone else in the league was getting it there were a few tiers below him and he was not so I I totally understand his frustration but I was glad he was able to kind of vent that out and let everyone know and kind of reset things going into the rest of the week yeah, and it really, I think, again, is just such a such a joy to get to hear an athlete really give you what they actually think about about really anything. I mean, you watch, you know, a game on Sunday afternoon, they're talking to a player after the game, and it's, oh, well, you know, great opponent, we did this well, yada. I mean, you don't get that side of athletes very often, and for someone who has been in the spotlight this much to be that blunt, I think it was just to be simple with it, I think it was very meaningful for the organization, for him, and for a lot of people who were invested in it. And I think, too, this leads into his new contract situation because they they reworked it, officially finished it up on Thursday afternoon. The, the news was broken. And it's now, instead of three more years, including this season of control, he now has this year and one more with the third year getting voided. And the way the contract is worked out, the way the money is worked out, it is much easier for him possibly to force his way out of town with a trade after the 2021 season. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you you take all these things into account where he says in his press conference, I I thought long and hard, maybe this is the end of the road for me. I thought about X, Y, Z. I think this is probably, you know, you can go back and forth on, well, who gave up too much, who gave up too many concessions, Rodgers or the Packers, whatever. But the fact that he's going to get to decide Prop. I mean, he's the one who's going to have the most power to decide, does he come back long-term or at least semi-long-term? He is up there in age. Or does he want to go and, and just try something new, just go experience something before he's done for good? I have to imagine he's at least somewhat accepting that that's probably the best he was going to get out of this situation. I mean, you can control your what you want. You always want to control what you can control. And like he massaged his way into be able to doing that. And I think it's... Good for him, honestly. Like, good for him. There's a lot of players, I think, in the NFL, and say what you want. I always side with the player more often than not, and people say, you know, they're fortunate to be able to play. It's once in a, a lifetime. It's a dream for many people to get there. There's so many obstacles to get across, and they get paid millions of dollars and this and that and this and that. But, like, all he's asking for is just to be able to define his destiny and be able to finish how where he wants to finish and how he wants to finish. And I think like, you know, the last dance uh, Instagram trolling that we saw over the last weekend was it's even more validated this week because you're like, okay, especially now with the contract you see like that you broke down, like it's not a three year deal anymore. It's essentially he's got two left, one being this year and the next one's like, well, they could probably take it or leave it at that point. It's he's got options. So good for him. Good on the Packers. Um, I do believe this does give them some options now uh, based off the money for this year that they have a little bit more money to spend possibly i don't know what the hell they're gonna do i think they have like just under 10 million on the cap which is an improvement especially after they signed a couple guys which we'll get into um later on here but it's gonna work i don't, I don't think it's a bad situation um for a long time ever since he signed that five-year contract i was like this doesn't seem like it's gonna work out that great there just seems like it's gonna be a weird overlap he's gonna play too long and then when they go and get jordan love it made it even muddier so i'm glad they were able to convert it i'm glad they were able to figure things out it gives both of the parties options because that Jordan Love situation is only going to factor in more. And with him, with Rodgers under contract through 2023, if it would have been, I don't know what the hell they do with Love. Because there's people that think he would never possibly play it down for the Packers, which I think is unbelievable that that would never happen. So I think it works out for everyone. 
everyone wins at this point. And I think that's what you're always looking for in a negotiation, a win-win-win, and they got that. You alluded to this, so let's dive right in. You want to talk about people who who won in this whole ordeal. Well, it's the best buddies, 12 and 18, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb. You and I were talking before we flipped the mics on tonight that this is the best scenario. We, you know, as a fan, everybody loved Randall Cobb when he was with the Packers. That is awesome. Aaron Rodgers says, All right, you want me back? Go get my buddy from Houston. Go, go save him from the sinking ship, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald that is the Houston Texans. And I, I don't really know if there's anything to dislike about this deal. It looks to me like it's a, a perfect situation for receiver, for quarterback. And if you're the Packers, hell, if it makes the quarterback happy, why not? Why weren't they doing this years ago, though? That's the thing. Like, in, like you go back to Rodgers. Like, he he literally mentioned basically Jake Coomer without saying Jake Coomer. Like, they cut the second-best receiver last year. Like, why do we have to, like, kind of scale back on it? And it's, it's it's a great deal. Don't get me wrong. Like, to get into the details, like, he was supposed to make, I think, eight. Eight million and eight point two five. The the Texans somehow, like we talked about, the the ghost of Bill O'Brien just peering his head again. Like they they take on on like three million dollars worth of that contract. The rest is kind of figured out along the way. And like I think he even took a pay cut too after that. So it's gonna work out great. And you get Aaron, one of his most comfortable um, receivers he's ever had, probably his best security blanket when stuff would break down after that five six seconds. And he him and Cobb just had that telepathy. It was unbelievable. Now. I am a little like, you know, it's it's fine to give him that that win and that W and Randall Cobb's one of those he's he's higher than a folklore person, but he's one of those names that always sticks around great with Packer fans because everyone loves him. But I just it's you you gave him a win here, but like it just the timing seemed a little off for it to have happened then. And maybe it's just because, you know, the Texans are an absolute dumpster fire of an organization right now. They have so much so many issues outside of football and like the talent is one thing they have an issue of, but they have many, many problems going on there. And they were able to save Randall Cobb. Um, He goes, like he said, from going from a startup company to a fortune 500 company. Good for him. Um, I think contractually it works out. Aaron gets a new guy. It's just, it's kind of like, does he still have a little bit left in the tank? Because a lot of those guys that Aaron mentioned in his press conference, he was called out on, um, you know, those guys didn't really go on to do much after that. Randall Cobb did a little bit when he played for the Cowboys, played for the Texans. So he might have some left in the tank, but overall, one great silver lining of it is he can teach Amari Rogers how to be the best damn slot receiver that Rogers is possibly ever, Aaron Rodgers ever played with, which I'm super excited by. If you get, you get small production out of Randall Cobb, but he can mentor Amari Rogers who's already actually flashing this last week. I'm pretty pumped for that. I know everyone has heard the story by this point, but the the connection between Cobb and Rodgers and the fact that they've known each other since Amari Rodgers was a kid, essentially, and T. Martin, who I actually didn't know was Amari Rodgers' dad, was the head or the uh, wide receivers coach for Cobb at Kentucky. I mean, that connection, that's oh, wow. such a unique situation that, again, it really could not have possibly worked out better in so many ways. And you can keep adding little different parts of this that make it feel like, wow, this is a match made in heaven, essentially. You you cover Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb, their friends, security blanket. And also skill-wise, Randall Cobb is a great fit for Matt LaFleur's offense. I mean, it's the one thing the Packers really haven't had in the last two years is that pure natural slot receiver. Well, Randall Cobb pretty much wrote the book on that in Green Bay for the better part of a decade. Like you said, he can help bring along Amari Rodgers, who doesn't have to be pushed into a big role right away. Cobb was hurt a lot the last couple of years, 25 games total over the last 32 possible between Dallas and Houston. 
but you also factor in he's not going to be wide receiver two or three in Green Bay. He's going to be four or five probably because you've still got obviously Devontae Adams. You've got Lazard. You've got MVS. So you're not asking him to do a whole lot. You're probably not putting his body in harm's way all the time. Cobb and Devontae Adams are good friends. I mean, it's just a such a good scenario and, and it's a feel-good scenario for fans as well. Although I do agree with you, the optics of it are so strange mm-hmm. because, you know, you see in, in any sport, whether it's football, whether it's LeBron James calling the shots for whatever basketball team he's playing for, you know, guys who want their guys, they get them in at some point. But to have it be so blatantly obvious that it was just an appeasement tactic, you know, sometimes during the offseason or you, you swap picks around draft time right after the year starts, whatever. But to be so blatant about it that it was just, all right, you want Randall Cobb? Fine, we'll figure it out. Just here, we'll throw you a bone. That does look a little weird, but in the end, again, I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers and they're willing to do something for you when you've been asking for a say for years now, I, I think you have to take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take it every day of the week. It's just a matter of like, you'd rather it, you know, not be so forced, I guess, because I imagine yeah. there was some, I imagine Aaron kind of leveraged as much as he could and said, hey, you know, they might have said, hey, what can we do to make you really, really happy? And he probably said, bring back Cobby. Like, I want to see one eight back in the green and gold. And they're like, okay, we can we can go make that work. And somehow it worked out. And I'm excited to see it. My expectations are pretty low, honestly, for his production. But I think just what he adds to the locker room, which Aaron's alluded to many, many times this offseason, just the character, uh, the cornerstones, and just the personalities that can really define an organization, not just the statistics or, you know, what really they look like in X's and O's or schematically, like what really a care, a high character dude can do to a locker room. And he got his buddy Cobby back. So it, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Not going to lie. I put on my number 18 Jersey. I saw that. Day. I, I, saw I that. had to put it on. Like it was it. such a good day. No matter what else happened, what the press conferences sounded like, I just had to make sure to rep my guy, but also, and you alluded to this earlier, Matt, that's not the only addition the, the Packers made this week. It's not an old friend, but I'm incredibly intrigued by the Packers signing Dennis Kelly, who last year played for the Titans. He's, he's bounced around a little bit, started off with the Eagles, ends up with the Titans. And the stat that was floating around that got a lot of Packers fans that I know really excited from pro football focus by their charting, he did not allow a sack last season and played the vast majority, if not every snap for Tennessee while he was healthy. I mean, you tell that to anybody about their offensive line, even if you don't know a whole lot about what they actually do snap by snap, you'll say, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Why didn't we sign this dude months ago when he was a free agent? So I'm very intrigued, and I think the real beauty of this signing is right now, he's essentially your insurance for David Bakhtiari, who's still coming back from his torn ACL, but he's good enough that he's a immediately one of the best swing tackles in the NFL, and you need him to start at right tackle because Billy Turner gets kicked inside or is injured or whatever. Bakhtiari's a little slow coming back. You've got one of the best backup options in the league, I think. Super awesome move. It's uh, everyone's made the comparison. It's like the Rick Wagner deal, right? It's it's he's a reliable offensive tackle. He can fill in if there's any injuries. And a lot of people, myself included, were speculating like, what is that left side going to look like when David Bakhtiari is probably not going to be a hundred percent. Do you move Elton out to the left? And it's like, well, you know, you might be taking him out of you know, Elton Jenkins is phenomenal. He can play anywhere on the line, but maybe you're taking him out of his situation, but then makes your interior a little bit weaker with a rookie 
center and et cetera, et cetera. And I think this just gives him more stability, more options. By my count, he's the 17th offensive line or offensive lineman on the roster right now, which is unbelievable. Good problem to have. You whittle that down, but he checks boxes. Again, same thing that Goody's been doing year after year, bringing in versatile offensive linemen, whether that's through the draft or free agency. And that's what Dennis Kelly is. Like, I'm just, I'm pumped to see what he can do. Billy Turner's solid on the right side. I want to see possibly if Dennis Kelly can can slip in there, get some PT there. I think Billy Turner's fine. I've never been super ecstatic by Billy Turner. I know there's some statistics out there after last year that said he played really, really well. On pay, I, when I watched it, sometimes I wasn't so sure. But I think all in all, like this just gives the Packers a little bit more flexibility and they don't necessarily have to rush David Bakhtiari back. Um, and they can kind of just play it by ear. Let let it kind of ride. Let's see what it looks like. They have a ton of offensive linemen, like I said. Um, and he's hitting it off already with David. I mean, they swapped jerseys on Thursday at training camp, which is just hilarious. Like, And then they had that picture side by side. Dennis Kelly is an absolute monster. Like, He's an extra like eight, nine inches taller than Bakhtiari, which it's, it's fun. They're already hitting it off, which is great. And he's been a part of some good, you know, offensive lines already. So he's not coming from a situation where he's got to maybe relearn some stuff. He, the Titans' offensive line is pretty damn good. Um, that stat probably is impacted quite a bit by him having good players around him. But the Packers got good players around him too. So I love the move, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. Cheap deal too. One year, eight hundred eighty thousand. Like that's great value. Well, and it's crazy too. Again, I, I sort of implied this earlier. I'm shocked he was still a free agent. Like I, I could not believe. He was still on the street. When I saw the the news come across on Twitter the other day, I thought, really? Like, did he just get cut? Is there an injury thing going on? I mean, I, I could have sworn he had been signed earlier on. And again, that's unbelievable depth. And to have so many guys in camp and so many guys that we know of already from previous experience in recent years or just specifically last year who can go out and play and play well. And you've obviously got superstar studs in Bakhtiari and Elkton Jenkins. I know you bring in Josh Myers, the center from Ohio State, who we should know that centers from Ohio State have had a lot of success with Green Bay recently. Again, this is another move that I don't really know how you could come up with anything negative about it. You, you bring up the cost. It's dirt cheap to bring him in. He's going to play. I mean, he's going to see opportunities out there, get valuable snaps during training camp as well. I mean, this is this is a really good move. I know that Brian Gutekun said that they really didn't have the flexibility to do much in terms of free agents this year, but I mean, you sign a guy like that, that's better than spending crazy on a player who's only marginally better earlier in the offseason. So so I'm with you. I mean, I, I think this is a, a tremendous deal. And frankly, it's really hard for me to find any negatives in those two additions that the Packers have made this week with Cobb and with Kelly. And that brings me to Goot speaking this week. And for all of the great things that we talked about with Aaron Rodgers and seeing him being him, you know, it was Aaron being Aaron. It was airing it all out, being honest, being open. I think what Gutekunst had to say was pretty much what I expected. It was cold to a degree. It was honest, but also didn't really feel especially encouraging. And granted, there have been negative feelings about this offseason just because of all the turmoil going on. And I know he has made a lot of enemies among Packers fans and, and some national media members too in recent months. But you hear him speak and he pretty much said what we said. Yeah, we just did the Randall Cobb thing to appease Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, you know, Devontae Adams, uh, we want to work out a deal, but he's got different expectations than we do. 
it was kind of a wet blanket a little bit, I think, after the positive vibes we got from Rodgers earlier in the week to then hear Goot kind of kind of step on the smoldering ashes a little bit. Yeah, it was it's tough, man. It's really tough. And you got to feel for Goot because he's been going through this for a few months now. And if you go even go back further, like ever since he took over as GM, like it's taking over, you know, in any industry, this can be applied across many, many things. Like you take over someone at a job, whether that's you're flipping burgers or you're working, you know, multi-billion dollar company as a CEO, like it's you're taking over someone's either really, really good process they had in place before or really, really bad habits they had in place before. And everyone's human. So there's going to be the 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 bad and the good. And some of that is taking over, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his personality. And I think a lot of that was never really addressed probably when Ted Thompson was there. Um, a lot of that, I from what um, Andrew Brandt has talked about many, many times is that when he was in the Packers front office, like Ted Thompson's great, great scouting guy. Excellent. Just can't communicate, but he knew his, he knew his, you know, deficiency there. So you'd have other guys communicate for him. And I think as Ted Thompson regime went on and the transition from like McCarthy and then we got LaFleur and then Goody come in, like, I think some of that maybe maybe lost in the shuffle of how to still communicate and take over that. But you got to understand like Goody's also trying to put his stamp on what his legacy is going to be. Like he, just like Ted Thompson brought in Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre, he brought in Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers at some point. So you got to, you have to understand that like there is a little bit of an ego thing. He's like, I want my guy to be the best guy. And like, he kind of, I don't want to say made was made look foolish over the last couple of months, but a little bit. I mean, Mark Murphy was the one speaking out more often. He was kind of sitting in the back. And this is the first time we've really seen him, um, for my memory, get out and talk about it. And a lot of the things he addressed were, they're shitty things to talk about. Like, you don't, you don't want to admit you kind of lost the negotiation or maybe it was stalemated, but Randall Cobb clearly tells us who won it. Like, it, it, it looks like Aaron Rodgers won it. The Devonta Adams thing, the way that news trickled out, whether that was recent news that came out last Friday or just a culmination of information that came out last Friday, it still isn't a good look coming into a few days before training camp. And of course he's going to want number one money. He deserves number one money, but Packers tend to not really pay a guy the, the, the highest highest salary because they look at it like, Hey, we're always going to have a team around. We're trying to make, build this team. And it's a tough spot to be in. You got to feel for Goody a little bit, but at the end of the day, like you could have, you could have, I don't know. Jack been a little bit more excited, Goot. Like that, he was a little down more than normal, and I didn't like to see that. But I think things will get better once we figure more stuff out. And we, he's got other shit to worry about too. He's trying to figure out this roster, figure out how to get it trimmed down, figure out just like we've talked about who's going to be the the receivers, who's going to be the offensive linemen, et cetera, et cetera. He's got a new defensive coordinator. He's got to figure out if he's got the right pieces in place. So a little somber from Goot. Um, I was hoping it would kind of reflect Aaron Rodgers' transparency. It did a little bit, like as you alluded to, Brendan, but not to the full extent. And it's it's hopefully the next time we see uh, Brian talk, it's a little bit better. You know, I think it's a fascinating point, the the part about, you know, making your stamp on the organization, finding out what your legacy is going to be, because I think Goots is actually extremely complicated for simple reasons, if that makes sense. Because uh, truth be told, if you take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation, I think Goot has actually done a very good job in recent years of, of building this team. I mean, when they have needed to go out and get big free agent targets, when they could spend a couple years ago, what did they do? They went out and got the Smiths, specifically Zadarius, who has been one of the best defensive players in the NFL. You get Adrian Amos, who has been just phenomenal for the Packers over the past two seasons. 
Billy Turner, like we talked about earlier, I mean, he's been solid. He's been a, a contributing part of that very good offensive line. Drafting, I think, has gone mostly pretty well. I and mean, the draft is a, a crapshoot anyway. And I think the Packers have done, you know, if you say, hey, in three drafts, the Packers have all a B-plus average in the draft, that's phenomenal because it's so hard to hit, especially when you get into the later rounds with the lottery tickets. So, you know, most of these things I think are very good. But you can't take Aaron Rodgers out of it because he is the quarterback, because he is the MVP, and he's one of the greatest of all time. So you have this weird dichotomy between you pissed off the best player you have and one of the all-time NFL greats who has been very vocal about how he loves the team. He loves his teammates. I mean, he bought a share of the Bucks for God's sake. Like He cares about Wisconsin and the community. But he, you know, he also wants to to get his and get his respect. And you have that whole battle along with, like you said, everything else he's dealing with. I think he's generated a lot of hate recently from a lot of sides. And some of it, sure, is deserved depending on your perspective. But I really don't think that his reputation is very cut and dry. I don't think it's black and white, good or bad, binary like that. I think it's complicated. I think it's complex. And not to, to cop out of the conversation, but I think it's going to take us probably several years post Rogers for us to really be able to give a full analysis of where we are right now. And all of that to say, I'm with you. I, I wish he'd been a little more positive, like, Hey, all this crap happened all off season, but we got our quarterback back. We've got one of the three best rosters in the NFL. Let's go win a super bowl. I know he's not paid to be a cheerleader, but it did seem a little down a little bit. It would have been, it could have, could have been more positive from him. And I think you're, it's not a cop out because it's going to take a while to figure it out. And, it's GMs have a, a weird cycle, right? They have a, if you can find a guy that's your quarterback and, or you have a quarterback or you have the luxury of having one and drafting one, like you're in a good spot. Um, it'll take a while for us to figure it out. But I think overall, if you want to reflect back from five years ago, we were beating the drum on just signing anyone. And we thought any transaction that they would sign someone was a big deal. And then he it, literally, he went out and did that. Like he went and signed the Smith boys. He got Turner. He got uh, Adrian Amos. Like he did what he wanted, guys. He's moved around in the draft. He's traded draft equity. He's invested in certain positions that he feels strongly about that are kind of depth positions. So I, I have nothing wrong with Goot, but yeah, let's like you said, Aaron Rodgers back in the building. Be be a little bit more jazzed up. Yeah, you're gonna have to go pay Devonta Adams more than likely, and you got some other contracts to figure out. And but hey, may, maybe maybe things are different now that they they move some money around with Aaron's contract as we talked about and got rid of that 2023. Got some cap room now. Now we're about 10 million to play with. So. Maybe he's a little bit more energizing, going to go find another great value um, like Dennis Kelly and maybe make a move similar to Randall Cobb. I just am so happy football's back, man. It is finally back. Training camp is here. We've got so much more coming. This is the first edition of the final dump. We have a whole year ahead of us, whole training camp, regular season, as we talked about earlier. So much to get to. And as Matt and I both said, just tremendous timing to start off this podcast with all the news going on this week. Matt, it's been fun. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to next week and hopefully we've got good news, but hopefully it's not quite as eventful as uh, as this week was. Yeah, I hope it's good news too. I uh, you know I was trying to follow the beat a little bit this week and training camp and stuff, and uh, I did my best to keep up with that. And it was pretty muddied on the timeline, but I think next week we're going to see you know the dust is going to settle after this weekend. We'll see some maybe some players emerging, um, maybe some big plays going on. But yeah, we're 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 in for a ride, and it's it's going to be a hell of an off season. I'm super excited to watch some preseason games and see Jordan Love in action. But we're we're prepped for a good uh, a good football season here, and I'm excited to to get into it with you, Brendan. It's going to be a blast. 
Yeah, great season and a great year. Our debut year here on The Final Dump. Make sure you are following both of us on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. I'm on Twitter at Brendan D-Z-W. We are The Final Dump. We appreciate you taking some of your early part of the weekend with us. Make sure you enjoy those water cooler conversations. We'll be back with you coming up next Friday on The Final Dump. Well, Wayne, I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Hallis would be proud of. You could just give me the touchdown. That is hard to overturn, you know what I mean? I understand That's that. That's a good effort, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but- That's a pretty good effort.